And now for your listening pleasure, here's Polizzi and Rose, PR with this old marketing. Take it away, boys. My friends, this is Robert Rose, and welcome to another special extra. We're locked inside our homes and feel like podcasting episode number 232 of PNR's This Old Marketing, recorded Friday, the 27th of March, 2020. And with me is my good friend, my colleague, and the only guy who hasn't launched a new Zoom show from his garage, Mr. Joe Polizzi. How are you, my friend? <laughs> it, it really is getting outrageous because everyone is doing video. I was yeah. doing bit video before all this happened, and I stopped because uh, <laughs> it just seemed it just seemed silly to do it anymore. I don't know. Yeah, I you know I'm seeing so much video, which is great. Look, I don't want to, you know, oh, it's not bad. It's, it's, it's not bad. Not. I mean, there really is some good silly stuff going on. Well, yeah. there's and there's some really silly stuff too yeah, going on, but but yeah, it's it's everybody has suddenly discovered, including me, by the way, I mean, I, I haven't done so many damn video Zoom calls in my life. I mean, all of a sudden I'm on video every day with uh, on the phone and on the meetings and on podcasts and on video uh, webinars. And it's just it's it's a little nutty, um, but good, I think all good. And we need the connection for sure. Well, I mean, my wife. We got together every month for her girlfriend's night. Uh, this is before all this stuff happened. And they got together this week, all had a drink in hand and over Zoom. So they had seven, you know, seven girls on. They did the whole Brady Bunch thing. Nice. On the Zoom. And, you know, what are you, what are you going to do? I mean, it's, you still have to have interaction with human beings. Sure. So I think that it's a great idea. Here's my question. This is the most important question. So we're not going to get to anything more serious than this question I'm going to ask you right now. Uh-oh. Is as a percentage, how much more or less, but I'm thinking more are you drinking now that you're at home not going out? Or has it been the opposite? This I'm very curious about this. Um, are you curious just about me? I mean, are you saying you're worried about me? I no, mean, no, 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 no. No worries. No worries. I mean, go at it. I don't. I, I'm not worried about your health or anything. I mean, come on. I'm just interested because uh, you know you did the whole Friday concoctions and, and sometimes yeah, you were which out. continue. They, were that out. continues. That continues. Yeah. There will be one tonight for sure. Oh, that's right. It is Friday. It is Friday. Um, look, I am finding myself. I'll put it this way. I'm not drinking any more um, than I was before, and I'm consciously not. Um, but uh, I would say I'm drinking more. Um, uh, I'm actually finding myself drinking, having a, a nightly cocktail uh, instead of wine. I'm drinking less wine and more tequila. How about that? Ooh. Is that just yeah. because you... You have the time to sort of make and yeah, mix the drink. That's exactly yeah. right. Okay, yeah, it. that's exactly right. And and what I find is is that we're you know um, I'm sure like you we're also cooking more. We're we're yes. cooking we're yes. we're cooking way more home cooked meals for breakfast, lunch, and dinner. And so as we're cooking more, there's a lot of prep time. And so um, having a nice cocktail as we prep dinner, and then just you know, and then just sort of calling it there or maybe having an after dinner, you know, a scotch or a bourbon or something is, is, is sort of the modus operandi at the moment. But yeah, it's so it's, how about you? I mean, are you finding yourself 
imbibing more? No, absolutely. Actually, not. I haven't haven't had a drink in four days or something. I've been exercising a lot more because I have to get out. So I'll do <laughs> that. I have not been doing. Yeah, I'm, that I have I'm not do, been I'm doing. I've been running. I did. Uh, well, I played basketball with my son in the backyard for about an hour. That nearly killed me. Um, I am totally out of basketball shape. I did about a three-mile run, and I did yoga with my wife, and I'm just not good at it. I'm just I'm trying to breathe right. I, I My breathing is all wrong. I don't know how it's wrong, but it's wrong, and I, I'm just trying to cope. <laughs> With the whole yoga thing, but I'm trying because I want to do something with her. I mean, we have you know we have all day together, so we're we're trying to to keep that stuff. But yeah, so I have it. But tonight I'm definitely drinking because as I told you before the show, she bought me. Um, we we like this particular bottle of Riesling, and she just had it shipped. Uh, we, we it arrived today via UPS two days later than it was supposed to, but we got it. It is an essential item. Uh, wine <laughs> well, that I'm finding too. Yes, ordering alcohol is uh, is working pretty well. Oh yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And thank God it is an essential. But it's funny because uh, some people that ordered my my book are not getting it for like three four weeks because I've learned it's not an essential item. Which is it's not. A, oh, that's a travesty. I know. Yeah, that's I was I was the first one to be shocked over that news. But but thankfully uh, spirits are. So we're gonna we're gonna uh, have probably watch it. We just. So it's interesting. You saw the post on Facebook that I put. I said, well, you know, Pam and I usually we go to a movie every Tuesday and we've been doing it since forever because it's discount Tuesday at AMC. Well, we're not doing that anymore. So we asked, you know, I asked my Facebook friends and what should I start watching? I think you said Breaking Bad and Game of Thrones or something of the choices. That it wouldn't I had. have been Breaking Bad. Oh, it wouldn't yeah, have been Breaking Game, of Thrones. Game of Thrones. Game of Thrones would have been in there for sure. Uh, so she has been watching Shit's Creek. Uh, doing 20 minutes on her treadmill, and I'm not a big Shit's Creek fan. I mean, I can I'm tolerate not it. I can tolerate it, but I'm not. I'm not for for uncomfortable situations like when yep. I used to watch. I, I I thought about you when I watched two episodes of it and then just got lost. I went, Oh, Joe's gonna hate oh, this I thing because it's, yeah, it's it's all cringy stuff. It's all that sort of uncomfortable miscommunication thing. Well, you and I have had long conversations about Three's Company. I loved Three's Company, but there were almost every episode I had to walk out of the room. Because Jack or Larry were, were was doing something too cringy, and I had to leave. Right. So exactly. that was that's so Shit's Creek not gonna work. But Pam loves it so great. We watched the first episode of Breaking Bad last night. Okay. And man, intense, crazy. It's an intense I, show. I watched it for show. a little while. I watched the first season, and then I just sort of lost interest in it. And I know all the Breaking Bad fans out there right now are throwing stuff at their podcast players or whatever. But yeah, it's it wasn't for me. The well, show that was the one, me. and you saw all the comments. Man, I couldn't believe it. we got like 150 comments on that what should I watch thing. And I know I limited it, to, and Breaking Bad was in the list. But Breaking Bad won. It wasn't even close. Right. Everybody loves that show. Everybody I mean, loves I'm Breaking Bad. Definitely in the minority there. And it's it's fine. It was it's it's totally fine. I will see. I'll keep watching it. But I saw your post yesterday, sir. And oh. I am ready to watch Picard. Oh you know, my gosh. I'm not a Star Trek nut like you are, but I love Star Trek. I, I probably love watching Star Trek more than Star Wars, which is really weird. But I don't get me wrong, I love both. Uh, so, did so you uh, did yeah. you were you a next generation fan? Oh, did yes. you watch the next generation? So it's just weird. It's almost a, it's kind of a timing thing, and I'm so I'll date myself a little bit. But when next generation was really going strong, I was in college, 
and we got together. We had a. Um, I was in Daryl Hall at Bowling Green State University, and the one wing were were boys, were men, and the other wing were women. And we all came together in this little social sitting room in the middle, and it had a television. And we every time I forgot what it was Wednesday or Thursday night. I can't remember when it was on Sunday nights. Was it Sunday? Okay, it was we Sunday all, nights. Yeah, we all got together for Next Generation and watched it every week. And that's so that was a good way to socialize and meet women over uh, Star Trek. So there you go. So yes, absolutely. That's not usually a sentence that gets uh, said very often. I know. I probably seen. I've seen all the Next Generation episodes. I haven't watched. Some of the, uh, what was the Deep Space Nine and so the other ones after that, I did not watch all of those, but I did watch every Next Generation. All right, so here's my here's my hint for you. Okay. Um, what you may want to do, just because you're not sort of a, uh, you don't revisit all of that m- m- very much like Star Trek fans do. Before you watch the series, you may want to go back and watch the se- the series finale of Star Trek Next Generation, which okay. you can find which you can find online, I'm sure. Got it. Um, and you may want to go watch the movie, the Next Generation movie, Star Trek Nemesis. So if you go watch those two things, you may you, you may find yourself in a better position to appreciate was, some of the some of the story. Okay. I, I got the first one. The second one was Nemesis when Captain Kirk came back. That is or, correct. That's okay. I got it. I just didn't know which one because I actually just watched uh, first contact again. Cause uh, it's a great movie. Yeah, I, oh, I like that one. Movie. Yeah. I like that. Yeah. It's fun. So he does his whole it's Moby. Fun. He goes all Moby, Moby Dick. Uh, That's right. On the whole yeah. thing. So I, so I appreciated that. Uh, uh, so I got a couple things that I wanted to get your take on. Uh, sure. But, but should we do a state of the world? I don't know if anybody cares to hear from us, but it's just been nuts. It's Everything been up and down. Sense. It's been it's been a crazy roller coaster. I mean, I don't know about you all out there in the audience, but for me, it's been days of up and days of down, and you know, and sort of everything in between. Somebody used the metaphor um, that it's like being stuck to a truck tire, you know. And basically, there are days where you're at the top of the cycle, and there are days when you're gritting ground into the pavement. And it's it's it, it, it's a, it's been like that for me for sure. But uh, but yeah, I mean, um, I'm hearing from a lot of uh, clients, um, and we've been doing some calls with clients uh, just to sort of you know communicate and touch base and and be there. And we're hearing, you know, I mean, the 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 news, if there is such a thing, is that content marketing is, you know, for those that were actually in the process of setting strategy, setting new groups, setting all of that, that has been, of course, in many ways set aside for the moment. But the idea of content marketing has gone like full pivot. Right. You know, so they're all calling and saying, it's now top of the heap. They're shifting budget. They're they're looking at you know tiger teams. Um, we talked to four different companies: two in the financial services space, uh, one in the tech software space, and then another in the business to consumer space. And basically, they all said the exact same thing, which is we're all in now on content. I mean, in for the long term, but for now, what they're doing is they're setting up these. Uh, you know, some are calling them triage teams. Some of them are calling them war rooms. Some of them are calling them just 
tiger teams or, you know, sort of focused content teams. And they're getting, you know, they're quickly exercising the muscle of getting, figuring out how they're going to, you know, use valuable, useful, educational, inspirational content to drive, you know, their business and in whatever, you know, whatever they're doing, you know, for financial services companies, it's obviously business continuity and it's reassuring their clients and reassuring the markets. And then for the tech companies, it's, it's all, you know, there's, there's lead generation to be done. Um, and there is also, uh, obviously, you know, thought leadership and, and education that needs to get done. And then for the one, an interesting one I thought was the business to consumer company that I, I spoke with, um, where for them, it's an internal comms challenge. They're trying to get basically a figure out a, a content marketing uh, approach for their internal folks, their employees. So it's been a really interesting, um, very interesting week from that perspective. It's funny. I had, I took a call a couple days ago from a a friend of yours of mine, but I won't mention it here, uh, talking about wanting to start a a new business in, I guess you'd call it the uh, more journalistic branded content space, if you will. So, so very much uh, what a journalist would go out and do, but specifically for a company and whether that be documentaries or movies or whatever the case is, asked my opinion if now was a, a good time to start that business. And at first my gut was, oh, shoot, are you kidding me? Absolutely not. And then I was like, no, it probably is the best time to at least start that business. And it, of course, I told him the tale that, you know, that, that we started content, what became Content Marketing Institute in the heart of the Great Recession and then I went through my whole history thing and I said, well, content marketing has come to the forefront two previous times in my lifetime. The first one was right after 9-11. The second one was during the Great Recession. And the third one is right now. Yep. And, and because of the severity of this one and the length and how it's affecting every part of our lives, this will be, and I think what you're, what you're seeing is, and hearing is probably just the start. This is going to be the turning point. And it's funny, I was thinking about, he was asking me about budgets and where those budgets go. And I said, of course, there's a lot, as you just mentioned, there's there's very specific things a company has to do to communicate with its internal and external customers right now. There's no doubt about it. That is a definite need. But I said, what happens during a time like this is budgets get frozen or they get cut. And I said, when a budget gets cut in an enterprise, what happens is it allows freedom to do new things once the once you get that budget back. So, in what happened in 2008 2009 is the budget, the marketing budget across the board was cut, and that means that the majority of that budget at that time was advertising. So that part, you know, the majority of the money of advertising gets killed, and then when you come back and you get more money, you get to reallocate that money pretty much where you're starting fresh. So you can reallocate that money wherever you want to. And that's where a lot of that money back in 08, 09, and 10 went into internal content and content marketing teams and initiatives and external content marketing programs. And I think that's what you're going to see again as everything gets frozen, gets cut. We don't exactly know how bad it's going to be, but I'm feeling it's going to be pretty darn bad. And you're going to see a reset button hit. I don't know if you agree with my take on that, but I think that's what's going to happen. And you're going to see 2021, 2022, and beyond be just this amazing 
changeover where we really do see non-media companies become the media companies we always thought they were supposed to be? I think you're right. I mean, I have a bit more of a shorter time frame, I guess. Really? Um, yeah. I mean, I think, you know, look, I, I think in many, well, uh, l- let me be clear. I had, you know, I agree with your 2021 um, sort of time frame for sort of budgets to start freeing up and start being more flexible, et cetera. I think the, there, there is some, I mean, and look, I've always been a glass is half full kind of guy. So, you know, so there may be some naivete here. So take it with a grain of salt, if you will. But I do believe that if this uh, does free up in the next eight to 12 weeks, I think what you're going to see is a lot of pent up demand. And I think you're going to start to see companies basically make moves quickly to try and make up for lost time. So I think you'll see a lot of, you know, I think you'll see a lot of quote unquote busy focused, let's get this engine running again, um, sort of moves. Um, because I think there's going to be a lot of, uh, a lot of, you know, pent up stuff that gets, that's getting done now, quite frankly, in many ways, I think there's a lot of prep work that's getting done now. A lot of the companies I'm hearing from are saying, let's get, let's, you know, let's use this time to really, you know, and, you know, build things, shore up our, this shore up that get content created, really focus in on customer communications. And I think, and again, it's just a hunch, and I may be, you know, I may be a bit Pollyanna about this. I feel like it's a bit of a rubber band. And I think if, and it's a big if, I understand, a big if, if this does sort of, I'll use the, put it in rock and roll quotes, clear up, you know, sort of end of May, let's call it. Um, I think you're going to see a lot of pent up demand in the summertime, which is going to sort of snap that rubber band and you're going to see a lot of energy put forth into the marketplace. Well, I think you're going to you're going to have to see some energy because we've never seen this amount of stimulus go through an economy ever in our history. I mean, this is this is un, the, the money that's got, that's being pushed through by the government, by the, basically all governments, every every government, India did it, Canada did it, China did it, U.S. did it. You're going to see so much money. They're going to try to force this thing to restart. I think the concern is, I don't know if this is a one-time thing or this is this is going to be regular bouts of social distancing. And I think that's what everyone's concerned about, which it might be. Because I mean, you're you're seeing China try to deal with the second time around because you've got you know they had it they had it dealt with and then they're reopening the economy, but then foreigners came in or, or people came flew away. Got it, came back, and now they're starting to put put those issues out. So nobody really knows yet. I mean, so you're thinking June that we sort of restart things or? Yeah, I think, well, I mean, you know, I don't know what that means, right? I mean, I think that's a relative statement. I think, you know, restart things is, is going to be relative. Yeah, who knows what, know, that, what's that, what that looks you know, like. That may be regional. That may be, that may be sort of, you know, freeing up some travel. Uh, that may be freeing up some, you know, some parts of the economy. I, I don't know what that really means yet. You know, I mean, it's not going to be, you know, it's not going to be as sudden, I think, as it was a stop, right? You know, the stop was a screeching halt, um, literally happening in two weeks. Um, 
And I think the the go again is going to take months. So, the, the, you know, it's I think it's going to happen in steps and phases. Um, you know, there's already I mean, we don't need to cover the news here, but, you know, there's already discussions about, you know, how that's going to happen and what's going to happen and when it's going to happen. Um, I don't think it's going to happen by Easter, um, but I think it won't be terribly long after that. I just I'll put it this way you know, and call this, you know, sort of positive thinking or call it foolhardy or whatever. I just uh, booked a event to speak at. It's a small event. It's a small customer only event, um, an in-person event for the end of May. And they're hopeful that they're going to be able to hold it. And so, you know, I mean, there's that, right? I sure hope you're right. Unfortunately, I'm on the other side. I have, I, I, and you know, I'm a fairly positive person. Yeah, I'm always the one that says, "Hey, everything's gonna be fine. No problem. We'll deal through it." I'm just looking at the math. The math does not look good, um, and we we're not. Be, and because you've got, I think it's something like twenty some states are still not locked down. We're we're. This is this is gonna be the worst thing we've. I mean, it's already been pretty bad. It's gonna be the worst thing we've ever seen. And when you start getting to a point, which I think if the the math is right. You're going to get about the point you're saying it's, you know, maybe things will shake out in late April. Late April is when we're going to be starting to hit, you know, thousands of people a day that are going to die. And nothing's going to open up when that happens. I don't care what the government says, what the White House says. It ain't going to happen because you're not going to do that when and just keep making it worse and worse and worse. Um, so that's that's my concern with it. And even, you know, friends of ours, you know, I've seen Jay Bear put this out publicly where he said that he's not budgeting any additional speaking revenue, any speaking re- revenue for 2020, just in case. I mean, if he gets it, right. bonus. I mean, he, right. He's and just, I think he's, that's, I think that's uh, He's right. just forecasting that, yeah, right? I, I mean, he's not, it, there's a difference, but yeah, I, I get what you're saying. The, the, um, problem, the problem is, is that we've all, I mean, half of the country has been doing the right thing so that we could get this thing out and we can go back on with our lives. The problem is the other half isn't. And then a lot of people, I don't know about your Facebook feed, but I got a lot of people on my Facebook feed that still think this is a bunch of hooey. <laughs> Which I is do scary. not. I, well, yeah. I, I do. I do. Yeah. And I'm, and they, whether they believe certain people and that we've got it locked down or whatever, they're, they're believing this. They're still going out. They're still not being careful. And it's a concern. And uh, from what I can see right now, this is not, we have not flattened it, the curve here in the United States. And shoot, it's just, it, it, uh, I mean, this is a marketing show. I'm not going to go any further, no. but I'm depressed about it because there's nothing that I can see in the numbers that's going to stop us from breaking through that line. And we're going to have this healthcare crisis, which we already have, by, by the way, in New York right now, as of, you know, yesterday I read some articles where they're running out of ventilators and people are dying right now. So I don't know. It's so I guess from a let's get let's take it back to a marketing standpoint. What this will really do is, and this is one of the questions I wanted to talk to you about, one of the opportunities I think, is I've already already know of one of my friends who owns a local media company that just pretty much laid everybody off. Um so that's the that's the first thing. We're going to see a lot more of that. So you're going to see a number of small media companies heavy on the B2B side because business-to-business stuff has basically come to a screeching halt unless it's an essential business. Advertising is is 
going if it hasn't it's going to dry up for a little while um so if you're a non-media business there's a huge opportunity here and i thought maybe it'd be good to to tell people okay maybe you're not going to buy you're not going to buy one of these companies today but what should what should a marketer do right now with the information knowing that you've got a number of media companies that are going to go bankrupt, that are looking to sell and get some kind of value for themselves right now? Um, and do you have do you have a take on I mean, I've got a number of takes on it. You and I have both written on it quite a bit. We've talked on it quite a bit. But I think now it's serious because of the fact that these valuations have come down so much. Yeah, I think, you know, I mean, this, you know, we, we joked around uh on the last show about disney and and uh and and apple like we have for so many shows yeah um and uh, you know i think uh, i think what you're saying um is that this is the time to think about it not the time that is actually going to actually anybody's going to take action on it um and so if from that perspective you know as content becomes more front and center in the businesses that we're talking about here. Um, I think you are going to see opportunities uh, for those media businesses that may not be able to withstand the gap, um, independent of how long it is, right? Quite frankly, I mean, your your friend's business may not have been able to withstand a two-week gap, much less That's a true. you know six-month gap. And so, you know, there are those businesses, you know, for example, I was just, uh, we were just talking with a flower business um, locally here that uh, is part of our farmer's market every week. And basically a one week lack of revenue basically killed her business. Um, And, you know, she just wasn't set up to withstand any kind of, it's a very delicate, you know, um, business there. And so I think you're going to have media companies that are sitting in that sort of very delicate space that won't be able to withstand anything. And then you'll have others independent of size who who will be able to withstand because they furlough some employees, because they sort of batten down the hatches, et cetera, and then we'll come out the other side. But I think in either regard, based on what you and I just talked about, you're going to have opportunities as uh, as a brand, as a product brand, as a service brand. To acquire, not only, by the way, not only media companies, but you're going to have the the opportunity to acquire all manner of companies, agencies, you know, yep. the the, the uh, of you know the the companies that will help you build capabilities to do marketing in a new way, you know, in, you know, even beyond content marketing. I think there are going to be a ton of opportunities for acquisitions, and I think you'll start to see those acquisitions toward the, you know, as we get further into the year. Um, and maybe into even next year as well, because the prices will still be relatively low. And there will be a lot of companies that have cash on hand that are ready to make those acquisitions um, instead of, you know, because just to your point, right, as those budgets become freed again, many of those companies will go, you know, we can just leave the ones laid off that we lead laid off and we can acquire this company and build a whole new skill set for ourselves, which sounds awful, but it's going to be the way it is for many of these companies. It's, by the way, it's on a smaller scale. That's what when I went through it in 0102, that's exactly what happened in 0304. When it started to open up again, you saw a ton of acquisitions happen. Because you had some companies that were ready to take action. So to your point, I think you're right. You're not going to see anybody sell right now. This is not, everybody is, nobody's doing any of that. 
But if you are a marketer at any size company, what I would be doing is starting that list. List those or list those media companies in your industry. List the influencers in your industry, the blogs, the podcasts. That would be a really interesting fit, not only from an audience standpoint, but as you say, from a talent standpoint. And don't reach out today. Make the list. The list should probably be 10 to 15, I would say, depending on how big you're talking and how many audiences you're looking at. But, but really don't do anything with it. Just start doing research on it. Start figuring out what they're doing. What are their revenue points? What does the audience look like? How, what are they doing right now? And then when you get the time, maybe a couple weeks, three, four weeks, whatever, six weeks, I'd, I'd start to reach out to those people and make a rela- relationship with them if this is something you're seriously going to do. And, uh, and say hi. Uh, say, let's say, say, I'd like to learn more about your publication. Can we chat sometime? Whatever the case is. And you'd be surprised. A lot of people will take your call. And, uh, and if you prepare it that way, when they are ready to sell and get rid of it, which a lot of women will, and, and again, I, I don't, I want to be positive, but I'm also realist at this point, there is going to be a ton. Uh, I would say a quarter of media companies or more are going to be up for sale in the next 18 months. And, uh, and, those, and the valuations are going to be very, very low, especially, and this breaks my heart, and you know it does, especially if they're an event business. Because the event business is not going to bounce right back. It's going to take, just like it took people time to get back on an airplane after 9-11, it's going to get time for people to go back into a concert venue, to see a comedy show, to go to a theme park, to go on a cruise, those things are going to, even though people will say they're safe, it's going to take time. It's going to take t- time for people to want to go back to a physical event. So that's where you're going to see some some opportunities come around. And, um, you know, it, it is an opportunity. It's yeah. I, I, I can't put it any, I can't put it any plainer. <laughs> I don't want to, I don't want to be negative about it. But man, this is a huge opportunity that can change the landscape of your entire business if you do it correctly from a content marketing standpoint. Yeah, I mean, and and for those that are in smaller businesses that are that are sort of looking on this from the outside, going, "All right, well, that's nice, but it's not me." <laughs> you know what I mean? It's. I think the opportunity is uh, there will be gaps to fill, um, and so getting good at this uh, will you know, will enable those opportunities. What I mean by that is, you know, there are many of us, me included, by the way, um, in this situation where we're trying to ultimately fill thought leadership, education, inspiration, and useful content gaps that quite frankly, the larger media companies or those mid-sized media companies won't be able to fill in the short term because they have laid off many people and because they have, you know, sort of gone dark because they were advertising uh, based. And this is a chance for us small and medium sized brands to step up and fill that gap as a media company. So it's not just, you know, acquiring somebody. It's also for those that, you know, where acquisition is way out of the question. It's also the opportunity, as I was mentioning earlier with, you know, for example, the tech brand that I was uh, speaking with, the client that I was speaking with, and they're, you know, they're, they're, they're moving all in with content and thought leadership. And, and the, the challenge for them, quite frankly, is the challenge for most 
B2B brands is there's still a relatively high misunderstanding of what thought leadership really is. Um, and so getting their people aligned, trained, you know, especially the sales enablement people and the demand gen people around how to actually lead thought in this kind of context is truly a big challenge. And there's a, and there's a lot of work and, you know, and brain cycles being spent in that right now. Well, a couple of things. First, first thing is, and you know, this when we, we bought as content marketing Institute, we were, I would consider us a fairly small business and we bought a West coast event and an awards program that didn't cost us a ton of money. Uh, so I, yeah, if you're a small one person operation, yes, maybe there's no chance of you buying something else, but if you are a couple million dollar business, this is absolutely, there are small bolt-on opportunities. So that's what I would say there. The second thing is I couldn't agree more. And you made me think of this because Content Marketing Institute wouldn't have existed except for the fact that I was, this is back in 08, 09, and I'm trying to get people to talk, meet people in the media to talk about content marketing and specifically talk to a magazine and an online media operation that would not cover content marketing at all. And I kept pitching them. I'm like, here's a good story. Here's a good story. And I got the word back. I'm like, look, we're down to the bone. We've laid a lot of people off. We're just talking about our core topics right now. And we're not opening new topics to new topics like content marketing. And I said, well, if the media is not going to cover it, who's going to cover it? And so he said, well, I'll cover it. We'll cover it. We'll put a, we'll put a group together <laughs> right, and exactly. cover it. And Content Marketing Institute was born. So to your point, such a great example of the opportunity that exists because you, you get media companies that are, that are you know, down to their bare bones. They're batting it on the hatches. They're just, talk, they're just focusing on their core content. And you can come in and absolutely be the leading expert in something fairly quickly because – nobody's going to expend the time or energy or money on, on a new topic like that. It's a great. That's point. right. That's right. That's right. So there are, there are, uh, there are opportunities that we can choose. Um, you know, this was the topic that I wrote about this week for my weekly letter that went out, which is, you know, we get to choose when we tell new stories or pivot our business or, you know, lead in new ways or do those things in, you know, basically, Answer what, you know, the, the theme of my letter this week was, you know, answering our call to adventure. This is our call to adventure. And we it's up to us to answer it. And and that is the real opportunity here is to say not to give up, but to step into the darkness um, and pave a new path and, and answer that call to adventure. Because those opportunities for growth, evolution, however you want to look at it, will definitely be there. So basically... What if you're a marketer in an enterprise, or, you know, let's say mid-sized business enterprise, what's the first thing they should be doing right now? Just making the list, making a plan. What what's the what would you recommend them do? Well, I mean, look, if you're a content marketer, is, yeah. if that's Mark the source of yeah, if that's the source of the question, I think the the first thing I would be doing is figuring out how to lead my space in this in context with what's going on right well i tell you it's what we're doing right now i mean i mean to be quite frank and transparent you know here at the, our little content advisory you know shingle out on the planet 
that's exactly what we're doing is we're trying to figure out how to lead thought of content marketing, content strategy, customer experience, and all the things that we do for a living. What does that look like in this context? And we're rallying around um, the idea of talking, you know, first of all, listening. We're listening to our clients, our customers. As I mentioned, we're having calls with them and talking with them and finding out what's going on with them and using that as a as a catalyst to start creating new, you know, create where necessary, creating new, where necessary, changing what we're doing and where necessary, stopping some of the things that we've been doing and basically, you know, changing the company. Um, now, for those that are in departments or smaller, um, you know, or smaller groups within a bigger organization, I think it's the same thing. It's just what are you doing with your team, right? How are you changing the way that you're communicating and helping your company change the way it's communicating internally and externally using content? So that means making sure your team's aligned. You know, there's all sorts of things that right now, you know, I just did a little bit of a webinar and managing remote teams because we've been doing it for so long. And, you know, somebody asked me, well, what's the number one thing we need to do right now? And I said, it's to check in on your team members to make sure that they're, you know, that they're doing all right and that they have what they need in order to continue to do work, both from the organization as a whole, as well as from you as a team lead. And so hopefully, you know, that's uh, that's something that can be done, you know, across the board to figure out how you can start to add value um, and, uh, you know, and and get value because of it. I guess the one thing that I would say is it's not lost on, I know it's not lost on you, it's not lost on me that, that a lot of people listening to this aren't going to have jobs in the next of course. Week, week to three months to six months. I mean, we saw earlier this week, three point, was it 3.2 or 3.3 million people uh, were at the unemployment line. That's the most we've seen in almost 100 years. This is crazy times. So my recommendation is no matter where you're at and whether you think you have a secure job or not, now is really, really good time to build your con your own personal content brand Yes, and, and give yourself, uh, you know, diversify a bit for, I don't, and if you work for somebody else, that's fine, but, but figure out something that you can be the leading expert in the world at. Uh, start thinking about a blog or a podcast or something that you can distribute um, consistently, an email companion. This is things are not going to get up and, and off the ground in a week, but this is really, really important. Um, I have a couple really close friends of mine that in 2008, 2009, when they were going through some really tough times, that was my recommendation. I'm like, Build something that you can you can build an audience, and they never did that. And today they're in really bad shape, and they had the opportunity at that time to do that. So I'm sort of a call to arms here. You have that opportunity. There's really no barriers to entry. You have actually time probably right now, because a lot of us are home. Um, so spend an hour a day and create something. Build an audience. Um, there's a lot of people consuming media right now, and <laughs> they may sure. be waiting for something that you have to say. Lord knows, I don't understand why people keep listening to this show, but people do. So here we are. I mean, I think I'm interesting. I don't know about you. I, <laughs> well, I like to listen. Yeah, to so. I, I like me. <laughs> <laughs> I like me. It's so. 
I can't find my shoes or my yeah. glasses yeah. anywhere. All right, so um, so tell me where you're going to be. Are you are you moving to to the kitchen? Then yeah. to the family room. And I'll then be maybe outside a bit. Yeah, I'll be uh, I'll be sitting in my office for the majority of the day, and then I'll be uh, let's see, getting on a plane and going to the kitchen um, for some lunch. Um, and then I may take a quick metro out to the backyard to do some exercise, maybe some yoga. Um, and then I'll be coming back in to finish up my day uh, up here in the global headquarters of TCA. Uh, and then, of course, concocting a Friday concoction that will go out um, and having some dinner and hopefully having a restful weekend. I'm, I'm kind of looking forward to not listening to the news, not doing anything with regard to COVID-19 other than watching movies and maybe doing some creative writing. You? Ooh, I like the creative writing part. Yeah. So, uh, well, I, as I told you, I, I finished my writing. I, I finished a chapter this morning on the new book, so I'm, I'm getting started with something. So it's good to get it you know, when I start writing, I get into a little bit of a rut like most people do until you start doing it every day. And now I've been every day, every morning I've been writing. And so now I'm starting to get into a little bit of a rhythm. So that's fun. Uh, but it sounds like I'm going to have to watch Star Trek Nemesis uh, to, you know, in the next couple hours, because if I watch Picard tonight, I have to be prepared. So that's what I'll probably be doing. Yeah, I think it'll help. I, I, it's not a. That. It's it's definitely not a prerequisite, but it will help you. Uh, it, it will help you. It will remind you of some things that will become important later okay. on. So that's that's. I wish I had done it because about halfway through the series, uh, I had to go back and refresh my memory of some things, um, and. It was it was well worth it, and I kind of wish I had it. You know the and it's the and in that order, by the way, the last episode of the series finale, um, next and, generation, next yeah, generation, next generation, right? Right? last right? one, and Nemesis. and then okay. Star Trek Moving. Nemesis, yeah, and 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 watch that, and and I think you'll be well positioned to truly enjoy Picard. It's just a it's just a delightful. It's so classically Star Trek. It's full of nostalgia. It's it's ultimately you know there, it's a little darker uh, in tone. Um, there's cursing, which is kind of fun for Star Trek, which doesn't usually have that. Um, and it's the story, and ultimately where it goes with the story is just truly fantastic, classic Star Trek. Unlike, by the way, I'll throw some shade at Discovery, which I watched the first two seasons of and was thoroughly sort of disappointed in um this was this this was the opposite of that what would we be doing without streaming media right now i know right <laughs> i mean what would we be all in front of blockbuster trying to get in and it'd be closed <laughs> exactly and what i have no idea what what we because i guess we would be well this is just we would be really in trouble <laughs> Trouble with no media. We'd be watching the news all day long. It'd be oh horrible. God, it would be awful. It would just be terrible. All right, my friend. Well, thanks for the impromptu. Yeah, uh, this was fun. Was, it's always this fun was... talking. I wanted to catch up anyway, so it's good we just recorded it. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Yeah. So for those of you out there in the world, uh, you know that are, have been listening, thank you for listening. We hope you're enjoying our 
extra special episodes uh, that we're doing um, on the every other week now, which means we're publishing weekly for the moment. We may go back to every other week. We may continue weekly. We're not sure yet, but certainly in this time, we're starting to put out a little more content just because, yeah, like Joe said, we're, we, you know, we're, we're talking with each other as well. Um, of course, if you love the podcast, subscribe, or if you haven't subscribed yet, um, get yourself one. Um, we, of course, will post, uh, post this up. There's not a lot of show notes here to post up, um, but we'll post a little something up there. And in the meantime, if you want more Joe on a weekly basis, you can certainly get his newsletter, which is a fantastic newsletter, by the way, uh, joepolizzi.com slash newsletter or just go to the website you'll find it joepolizzi.com and as myself uh, if you're interested in content strategy content marketing all that good stuff of course our little home on the web is contentadvisory.net hashtag us up won't you story ideas hashtag us uh, with um, this old marketing everything we talk about here will uh, of course end up on the web somewhere and in the meantime until we meet again remember it's your story to tell We'll see you in about a week or so uh, on This Old Marketing. See you soon. Stay safe. Stay safe.